What is up, grappling fans? It is your friendly neighborhood BJJ podcaster, Rafa Sparza, coming to you with a very special episode. You know, normally whenever we do these things, uh, we look at the who, what, where, when, and why. Specifically on this episode, we ask why to our guest. We'll get to him in a second. But first, if you get the opportunity to go to our friends over at nogibjjgear.com, and you use the promotional code GRAPPLINGHOUR15, guess what? You take 15% off of whatever you put in your cart. It's that easy. And while you're at it, if you want to give some love to other people who support us, that would be great if you go over to dodgycollective.com, look at what they have to offer, and at the very least, tell them what amazing artwork they have on their page, because it is spectacular. Back to our guest. How do I put this? When I saw that he was taking a match against Nikki Ryan... My first thought was, why is this happening? It's another wrestler versus jiu-jitsu guy sort of matchup. It just seems to be something that they're forced justifying us to watch. And it's not to say that these type of matches can't be entertaining. It's just a little unfair in the sense that our guest today is completely coming into our world. Now, granted, he can wrestle with them, but... You know, it's probably not going to go like that. So anyway, we decided to get to know him a little bit better. His name is Tony Ramos. If you follow wrestling, you know who he is. If you're just within the grappling sphere, that's perfectly okay. It's good to get to know him on this episode as well. He's taking on Nikki Ryan, who's number one. And, you know, it's a weird matchup. There's no getting around that. And we hear a little bit of how it came together on this episode, as well as his thoughts as to what his outside advantages might be in this matchup. So let's not waste any time. Let's get straight to that interview right now. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you guys? Very well. So let's get to the very first question that I think is on everybody's mind. Why the hell are you doing this? Um, I think, you know, it's a fun opportunity. It's uh, a good cross promotion between jujitsu, between wrestling. Um, you know, for I think it was kind of mid of this COVID, everything going on. You saw a lot of flow grappling and flow wrestling going back and forth of like, what's better? Wrestling, grappling, jujitsu, like, you know, the martial arts. Um, and then you go and you look at the UFC. I think, you know, before a lot of these wrestlers have started to retire or gave up their belts, most of them were uh, wrestlers or had a background in wrestling. Um, and it's, you know, for me, I've always liked to take on a challenge. I always like to, you know, shoot for the stars. And if I'm going to do something, do it at the highest level. Um, and, you know, a lot of people are asking, like, you know, why, why Nikki? Why, you know, why are you starting at the top? Well, if I feel I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it against the guy who's the best at their game. Uh, and just really see where I'm at with it. So it's something I'm excited about. And, you know, it makes you dangerous when you're not worried about winning or losing and really just having fun. I just love the fact that I've complimented his wrestling is getting better. Conversely, I don't know if it's your level. So I, there is a little bit of an intriguement on my part. I was just curious because, yeah, you could see the things going back and forth and you could see the potential of wrestling and jiu-jitsu getting more and more matchups. Had you watched any of the like jujitsu versus wrestler kind of setups before? Uh, the only one I saw bits and pieces of was, uh, well, the two of them, the 
Nikki Rodriguez and Pat Downey won, but those rules were, they were just very awkward. And then uh, I saw the parts of the Bo Nickel Gordon Ryan one, and that was another one that had like some, uh, I guess, hybrid rules. Mm-hmm. And I, I will say, I was the first one to ask, like, no leg locks. I, I knew this guy was dangerous with leg locks. Uh, you know, me coaching, having four kids there's that chance of, dang, I, I can't blow out an ankle or a knee. I got to come home and I got to get back to coaching these guys. Yeah. Uh, so I did ask for that at first, but then, you know, they said no. And uh, I was like, whatever, fine. If you guys don't want to go that route, you know, I'll just jump full bore into this thing and I'll go all the way into jujitsu. Okay. I, I could understand the element of, hey, if you're coming into our world, you got to go all the way in, but I just don't understand how you put in a request as the talent and you say, Hey, could we meet halfway or something? And they go, we'd rather not. So was yeah. this between you and like the who's number one people, or was it between you and like Nikki? Because I just know that Nikki's usually game for a number of things. So I don't know I don't, where that, that kind of. Yeah, I don't think it was Nikki. Um, I think it was more of like a flow grappling thing where they're like, Nope, if we're doing this, we're, we're sticking to our flow grappling rules of submission only 15 minutes. Um, there were a couple conversations back and forth. And, you know, at the end of the day, I, I'm a competitor. I like to compete. And for me, there's really nothing to lose. If, 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 you know, I go out there and win, that's huge. If I go out there and I last, you know, a good amount of time or the whole time, that's huge. Um, if you lose, like, Everyone's already like, there's no chance. They're already expecting it. The, the rules are so lopsided. Um, so to me, it didn't seem like that big of a risk, you know, just jumping into it and saying, whatever, let's, let's do it the, how you guys want to do it. That's fair. And I guess the one thing that many people may not know is it may seem like you're taking on someone younger than you, but you got four kids. So you're running around younger guys all the time. So I kind of get that. Um, I'm just curious on this side though, like, how much training in jiu-jitsu have you been doing? Because I know in the past I've seen footage of you doing some wrestling with, say, like Dylan Dennis, which God bless yep. you for doing that, by the way. Uh, yep. But I just wonder, like, how much were you dabbling in jiu-jitsu before this became something that you said, oh, I, I would kind of like to pursue this? It's a sport that I've definitely been around a lot more than I think people think. I wouldn't say, like, I've consistently trained it. Uh, my brother was a pro fighter when I was going through high school, so I would go into the gyms with him and go to some of the grappling sessions. I have a pretty good understanding of the basics, uh, where you want to be. I'm not going to go out there and say, like, I know how to do high-level submissions, um, but I know how to prevent a lot of things. And, you know, I know where I might be at risk or I might be in danger, more so than just probably your average wrestler who's going to jump in there. Uh, you know, people say, you know, when, when Bo went and wrestled, did uh, the thing with Gordon, you know, he wasn't shooting because he was concerned. They were saying about getting guillotine chokes and things caught on him. Well, I've been in those situations. I felt them. I know the position you got to be in and where you got to be aware when you do take your shots. Um, so that's something I'm not really as concerned about, I think, is someone who's never done this before. Um, then you got to look on the flip side of guys like Clay Guida, um, Izzy Martinez. He was my high school coach growing up. So those guys I've, I've messed around with and we'll be wrestling and it might turn into them just, you know, rolling to their back and doing some funky things to you. So I, I've had feels um, and now I'm training over at Elevate MMA in Durham, North Carolina with some of the guys over there who are focusing more on the technique uh, with me just to get me prepared and get ready. 
I'm glad to see that because I, I was looking out and when I was doing the research, I said, okay, he's in a gym where it was like that would be something that you're working a little bit more towards. Are you finding an appreciation for what it is that we do? Because listen, dude, I try to do what you guys do one day a week with our, our guys. And yeah. I've told people that ship for understanding wrestling has sailed, but I just go because I try to understand what you guys do so I can yeah. communicate that better and why it's so difficult. Are you loving it or are you finding it's a similar but different grind? I like it a lot. Um, there's a lot of similarities. And I think to me, it's really translating and transitioning over pretty easy. Uh, my verbiage might be different, though. And I think that's my where maybe some jujitsu going into wrestling get confused is the verbiage for things you guys call one thing. We call something else. But it's really the same technique. Um, and for me, I was in the way I coach. I'm very technical. Um, just understanding position more so than like an actual finish or a double leg or a single leg. You know, I'm going to teach you the position so you can learn to finish it from wherever. And it's really helped me translate into the, the jiu-jitsu and the groundwork stuff. Being aware of the, you know, the shoulder lines, the knee lines, the elbow lines, where people need to be um, to kind of think ahead. You know, one of the things we were going over the other day, we were, we were working from mount positions and um, there's being aware of someone slowly creeping up to a, you know, to a high mount and keeping them down, you know, below your chest line or more on your waistline to anticipate, you know, them moving into, you know, an arm bar, a triangle choke, whatever it may be. All right. All right. I like that. These are great answers to me. You know, I, I've worked with a number of wrestlers and I have a little bag at my disposal for wrestlers when I go, okay, well, I'm not standing up with them anymore. Yeah. So uh, does it feel weird? Because I know that I give up all of my tricks when I yeah. go to wrestling. Do you feel like a new challenge giving up some of your tricks when you go over to the jiu-jitsu side? Because it, it is different. They speak a similar language, but yeah. we just do it a little different. I think so. Um, like there's some things that I've done already early on that if I didn't have these feels now, I would probably got, you know, tapped out by Nikki in the first 30 seconds. Um, just, you know, escape some of the escapes of things that I can do in wrestling that I don't realize I'm leaving an opening in another position. Um, so it, it's been good having those feels and figuring those out. Uh, it's, it's actually been fun rolling with some of these jujitsu guys who are like black belts and have been doing this for a long time. They're like, Dang, that was weird. Never felt that before. Like that that's a wrestling thing. <laughs> um, so it's pretty cool. I mean, I'm going to be honest for them. It's a mutually beneficial relationship for having you at an MMA gym. Like a lot of the wrestlers I lean upon with some of the guys who I know who fight and I say, hey, listen, you're a resource. And I think it's important you treat each other as equal resources. Like take from the wrestlers what you need for that pressure in MMA and then from the same side, from the jiu-jitsu guys, I always go like, hey, wrestlers, I need you to understand these mechanics, and then we're good. So yeah. uh, it, is, it is definitely a, a dual benefit sort of a thing. What do the guys in your wrestling program think of this? Because I know my crew gets me hype just to roll sometimes, not even to compete against people. I can only imagine they're feverishly being like, yo, you need to double leg him into eternity, man. They're excited. Um, you know, our college guys are like, they ask a lot of questions about it. Um, you know, how it came about, what do I know in grappling? Have I ever trained grappling? Like a lot of similar questions that other people are asking. Um, but more so, I think they're just excited to see competition back. 
Um, and that's one of the, you know, one of the big reasons why when I, this opportunity came up is people are excited to see some type of event or some type of competition happening and bringing some normal, normalcy to life. Um, especially, you know, if it's a crossover of two different types of martial arts and we can get tons of viewers and eyes on it, uh, that's going to be big. It, it helps people see that light at the end of the tunnel, or maybe that there is some hope moving forward with some other types of events. Speaking of that, have you seen like wrestling underground? Did that catch your attention? Because for us, submission underground has been a very good refuge for a number of our guys who needed a place to compete. And I was so happy to see Chael extend that offer to a lot of the wrestling world. Has that kind of made its way on your radar? That was pretty cool. And I actually know Chow pretty well. Um, Chow was actually one of the guys I called. So there were a couple guys I talked to before this, like, Hey, this opportunity might come up. What do you guys think? Is this something where I legit have a shot or I, I legit could possibly do this? And, you know, I called him, I called Dylan Dennis, called a couple other of my buddies that have worked in, you know, the jujitsu MMA world like Izzy. And he talked to, you know, his guy that does jujitsu at Wink, Jackson Wink with them. Um, and the answer I kept getting is if you have six months, you got a real legit shot. I was like, well, guys, I got about two and a half months. They're like, they're like, well, you're a wrestler, so you understand positioning, body weight, you know, a lot of the basic mechanics. They go, but you're going to have to be, like, extremely stingy and diligent about what you're doing and smart. Um, they go, because this, this guy's a master at what he does. And that's the first thing everyone always kept saying is, like, these guys that come out of the gym and those two brothers, they are masters at leg locks and heel hooks. And you have to be extremely uh, aware of what's going on. I would say, and this is as a a viewer, a host in this realm, uh, the leg locks are part of it. Uh, Nikki also has some really good back takes. He has very good control. He has very good composure. So that's going to be something that I would I would say to if I were giving hints, uh, we were playing yeah. a game. I'd be like, you know what? He might not just be going for that. I would work some back escapes yeah. and mainly look to get out of body triangles. Wink, okay, because that seems to be like he has evolved his game very well. A lot of the Danaher guys have started with leg locks. That's what they became known for, but their all-around game is pretty solid. He has a very good rear naked choke, so if you want to send that back to your guys and let them know, some dumb host told you a few things, he might have some knowledge of some things, but that's it. I just want to make the, the playing field a little bit more even here. Uh, just so that you are aware of what he kind of does. But I love the challenge. I love the fact that you talk with Chael. I guess you bring up two things here, which is Chael and Dylan, not exactly the most quiet people. You, on the other hand, pretty even keel. I know you're an avid competitor and you can get Mm. that kind of competitive mindset. How do you navigate friendship with those guys with personas that exist online that maybe do not match up with how they are in person? Um, I think I'm very similar to them. A lot of people need to go back and look at my college interviews and college highlights and stuff. Uh, Very vocal, very similar to those guys. Um, And a lot of people get confused when they do meet me in person of how laid back or how, you know, relaxed and calm and nice I really am. Uh, and that was one of the first, you know, the biggest things I heard once I left uh, the University of Iowa and went over to North Carolina. Like, man, you used to be a dick, but maybe you weren't the whole time. 
Uh, so I can relate pretty well with, you know, like Chell and D- Dylan and these guys that they know how to draw attention when they need to and show some, get the viewers and get everyone interested to make the big money and do what they got to do. But, you know, when I met Dylan in person, he was extremely respectful, extremely like soft spoken, um, you know, grateful to be able to work with each other. Uh, it, it was it was a fun, you know, day, day and a half where we just got in there and kind of played around a little bit. And then Chow's always been extremely uh, giving back to the wrestling community. Um, and he's an awesome guy to have around, you know, our sport and still involved and, in, you know, creating these opportunities now. I mean, you say that and I have watched some of your interviews and I get <laughs> it, but you still haven't pissed off an entire continent or uh, basically try to recreate a hipster version of Scarface on a regular occasion on your Instagram. So I think you are maybe a different variation. Yes, yeah, I don't get the headline out there. Definitely, uh, I don't think the wrestling media has a, a broad enough base to be able to piss off a whole nation yet. <laughs> Not yet, but give you time, and maybe we'll see it reemerge. So, if that is the case, would you be interested in a uh, a wrestling underground experience? Is that something that appeals to you? Because it, it it's in a cage, and I yeah. know from my perspective, as limited as it was, I said that's both interesting, but I know it changes a little bit of the gamesmanship of it. But is that something that you would be interested in doing? They reached out to me actually about that event, and I will tell you exactly what I told them, guys. I retired a year and a half ago. I am done with competitive wrestling. Um, I know the sacrifices and the training and the, how hard it is on your body and you know demanding. My body can't take that anymore. And to get up for something like that where, like, like for me to go over into jiu-jitsu, the expectations aren't that high. So, you know, it, it's not as um, energy or mentally draining on me. You know, for me, it's been something that I've had fun with now. I've been able to enjoy. I've been able to uh, learn a new style or, you know, I wouldn't say reinvent my style or reinvent what I do, but gra- dabble into a whole nother element of way of thinking and seeing things. Um, and it's been a lot more fun. And the wrestling part was becoming a lot more work. Uh, so I'm glad to be back around the fun side. Okay. Now, I've heard you previously say, you know, wrestling is not easy because you're not guaranteed things in there. I might say the same thing about jujitsu, but I understand you have a different perspective coming from something that is so mentally and physically draining that coming into this, it might seem like, Oh, this is a little bit easier or it does feel different in a way that is nice. Um, I would ask, I've heard you on another show say that you can't really block some of these MMA thoughts out. Have you come to a better place? Because it sounds to me if you say, hey, listen, I'm on the wrestling side. That is also part of it in the MMA world. So are you becoming a little bit more in the, I don't know if I'm going to do MMA or this is kind of testing the waters this year? I would say this is more testing the waters and possibly getting into a lot of grappling events. Um, definitely not going to get into like the full-born MMA, uh, you know, hitting each other in the face to make a living. I don't think a lot of people really understand that you don't make a lot of money early on doing that. It takes time. It takes years. You got to be the freaking guy. Um, and it's actually been really intriguing to me, the the grappling mindset of competing. Like hmm. some of these guys compete 30 times a year and they make a living and they, you know, it, it's not always when they're in their 
prime shape, I would say, or their prime uh, peak competitiveness. You know, wrestling, we were competing four or five times a year, and you only competed after having like a crazy training camp and selective on who you were competing and what events. And I think that's kind of hindered the sport because there's not as much attention to it because there's not, you know, you're not going out and growing your fan base weekly or monthly or, you know, with all these events. So that's something that's uh, really kind of intrigued me, just the thought process of some of the competitors. That's awesome. Well, we would welcome you with open arms. I mean, maybe not the competitors uh, in certain divisions or, or even maybe in our master's division. How old are you right now? I'm 29 now. So I know Nikki's young. I'm 29. Um, the other thing is, I I think the lowest weight class for ADCC is 66, right? Mm-hmm. So I'd, I'd probably be right around that range if I were to do it competitively and, you know, pick it up a little, uh, I wouldn't say a little more, but really go full born into it. So um, there's, there's definitely thought processes there and more opportunities have already been presented after this, uh, this first match. So it's, it's been a fun kind of process. That's really cool to hear, man. I mean, I got to tell you, man, you would be a welcome addition to that. And I mean, part of the reason why I'm so excited is you say 29, 29 is in that sweet spot when they bring back the IBJJF worlds uh, for masters and yeah. be surprised how quickly uh, a wrestling background would translate. Uh, and I, I think you would find uh, quick success in that world and, and rise uh, very, very quickly. I do want to ask one of the things that I think, we do have some overlap on is I used to do, teach competitive speech and debate. So that was my going out and competing every week. I did sports yep. for 11 years and uh, we were at a school where we were known for winning all the time. So the one thing I relate to with the athletes is a mental toughness of, Hey, listen, you're going to go through a lot. You're going to be challenged through a lot. So a lot of times when I see MMA fighters who start you know, being hard on themselves, I know exactly where to come in. And I'm like, listen, I coach somebody like you. It's pretty easy to figure that out. What would you have told yourself now as a coach that you think would have been an even bigger help as you were competing in wrestling? I know everyone says like, have fun with it, but that's extremely hard to get someone to understand because fun is winning. It's not fun when you lose. Um, and that's like a big argument in the wrestling world all the time. You look at a program like Penn State, they're like, oh, they're having so much fun. Heck yeah, I'd be having fun too if I won six or seven of the last team national titles and, you know, it's been blowing everyone out of the water. Um, but I think more of an appreciation, um, appreciate the moments, appreciate the coaches and people that put time into you because um, the more you have those appreciations of what you're doing, and the people putting effort into you, the more you're going to give back. And that's where you're going to have better results and you're going to see yourself grow better. Do you think younger Tony would have been receptive to that, though? Um, I was pretty good listening to my coaches. You know, I, I think if those conversations happen with my coaches, I, I think so. Uh, I would say near the, near the end of my career when I started getting a little more stubborn and setting my ways, it would have been harder. Um, but I think, you know, younger, yes, I, I would be more open to it. That's awesome. I'm also curious because you did have a split from a school and I know that there are so many students who get stuck in bad situations. And I'm curious if you have advice to those people, because I don't know if it sometimes hinders them. I don't know if it sometimes uh, puts them in a bad space, but do you have also advice that you give to those students who maybe got to a similar spot that you did where you don't feel you were being treated as fairly as you should have, or 
that you were at a crossroads. What is the usual best advice that you give to those people? Yeah, the best advice I would give to them is, you know, I should have listened to myself back then too, is when you know it's time to move on and go a different direction or, you know, do what's best for you, you need to do that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, places are going to try and keep you around to, because to, it looks good for them or it's best for what's them or best for what's for their team. Um, but at some point in time when this, you know, when the sport does come about the individual or about yourself, um, that's at the time when you got to do what's best for you and really maybe move on to that next chapter. That's awesome. How are you liking coaching now? Because I'm going to go into also asking, you know, I know the weirdness of the world right now. Yeah. So you're essentially getting wrestlers ready for a season. Like what is happening in, in your world as both a coach and as uh, a coach for wrestling in college? Yeah. So I love coaching. That was one of the big things that kind of really got me out of my competitive wrestling career um, as I was enjoying coaching so much that I was more so just focused on that. And that's where I wanted to spend my time um, in this COVID that you talk about in the uncertainties and really opened up this opportunity because there's not a lot going on. There wasn't a whole, you know, we're not in our full born preseason. We're not gearing up for season start in October 10th and, you know, some of these things that might have been right around those dates of when this happened. Um, so it was almost like a blessing in disguise of, you know, th this opportunity opened up, got nothing going on, not a whole lot of, of practices and, you know, a lot of downtime where I can do things. Um, but at the same time, like you said, we're keeping our guys motivated and ready for, you know, hopefully a national tournament. And at, we got to keep their outlook that this is happening. Um, your name could be called at any day and you want to be prepared when your name's called. You don't want to be unprepared and they say it's going on and now you spend a whole bunch of time not getting yourself ready and, and you know, really ruining that opportunity or chance you're going to have. It's a great mentality. I just knew as a coach that we would always have like nationals or state or, you know, whatever to motivate the kids. And I know that when you have that taken away uh, in terms of a certain date, it is a perpetual, hey, guys, I don't care what you're thinking. We're going down to the field. We're going down to the mat room, and we're just going to work. And everybody going, yeah, but, like, why? You know, like, yeah. know that as a coach, it is your responsibility to keep them on track. And there's going to be a portion that don't need that motivation. But there's always going to be a portion that just goes like, coach, we don't even know what's happening. <laughs> yep. And I'll tell you what, when we had to tell them there was no national tournament, that was probably the hardest um, to be able to keep them motivated afterwards, you know, looking forward to the next season. Um, I mean, there's things in life that are just out of your control and you might not be okay with them today, tomorrow, or a year from now, but there will be a point, and this is what I was telling our guys, is there's going to be a point where you're going to have be at peace with what happened um, and you're going to be able to move forward. But the only way you can do that is if, you know, right now you, you not saying forget about it or let it go, but focus on what's ahead. Focus on, you know, and those guys at that time was like, focus on going home and spending some time with your family, relax and getting your body right, your mind right. Because, you know, guess what? March 2021, we got another national championship coming up and you got to be motivated and ready to go. You said something on another show that I thought resonated with my experience as both a competitor and as a coach, which was, I believe it's your brother who asked you, 
do you feel like you did everything you could? And you said at that time, when you had another year of eligibility, you're like, I don't think I have. Then the next year he asked you and you said, yes, I did. And I felt the same way. You know, uh, I won national championships in my realm at a two-year level. And at a four-year level, I broke so many different events, but I didn't win like a big thing on my own. We won as a tournament as a school for the first time, which felt amazing. And I just remembered walking away from it and people were like, how do you feel? And I go, great. And they go, why? I go, well, I learned so much and now I know how to be a coach. And now people who won certain things will take that for granted and they don't know how to coach. So it's, it's partial perspective of like, maybe you didn't get what you thought you were going to get, but because you put in that effort and that time, you might've gotten something more valuable and resourceful because all those skills I learned now are this it's talking to you. It's doing interviews. So it, uh, it always pays it forward somehow. Yeah. And, that, you know, that was a uh, sophomore year when I took third at the NCAAs. He asked me that. And that I was coming off the tournament off of a win, you know, finishing third place. And everyone was pretty excited. But at, I wasn't as happy about it because, uh, like you said, when he asked me, it's like, did you do everything? You know, I don't know. Maybe there was some more I could do. And then it was junior year. He asked me again. And that was when I took second. Um, and I was upset, but I was at peace. I was at peace and I was OK with moving forward because I felt like, you know, I did everything I was asked to and more. I gave it my all. I went out and competed hard every single time. And that was my best year as a competitor, even though I didn't win that year. Um, you know, you go back and look at the results, the stats, the way I competed. That was the best year that I ever had in any freaking um, probably year of my competitive wrestling career. Um, the following year, I won a national title, uh, but it wasn't, you know, the best version of me. I just found a way to get it done. It happens. Uh, I would famously ask my students, I'd be like, do you want to be good or do you want to win? Yeah. And sometimes they come to me and, you know, it's an interpretive event. It's not a scoreboard event. So they'd be like, oh, I want to be good. I want to be memorable. And I'm like, great, work with me. Somebody comes up to me like, I want to win. I was like, I'll teach you how to win. But my favorite students were the ones that would go, why not both? And I go, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Now I know exactly what to do with you because it means you will put in the work to care but care so much that you'll be compelled to do whatever you need to make it so good. It will win on your terms. So uh, that's why as a coach, when I heard you on these other shows, you you were saying these things to me that I felt so happy to hear you find new perspective as a competitor who found a way to funnel what it is that you do and what it is you were meant to do. And I think there's, there's such a greatness to that. So uh, I wanted to compliment you on that. Thank you. So I guess the few things we're going to start circling around here before we start to wrap things up. Um, obviously we'll want to check in with you after the match because <laughs> win or lose, dude, I really don't care. I just feel like I think we have to give props to those people who are stepping forward to make something fun and interesting at times when people are very negative and very, very uh, bitter and angry stuff like this is fun. So yep. I, I very much appreciate that. Um, I guess I would ask you as one of the last couple questions here is, did you get any chance to see what Nikki's brother is like? Because I don't know if he's put you on any form of blast, but it's a little bit of the world of what you're used to with Chael and Dylan. Yeah. And I actually, I like his brother. I, I see him in the robe in the crown um, and, and people bashing him, like take that robe off or you look like an idiot, like all these comments, but 
you know, the other day Flo put up a video and he's like, if you don't like it, freaking beat me. <laughs> and it's true. Like, if you don't like some something someone's doing, then go out there and be the one to beat them and shut them up. And, the, you know, that's the attitude that I was as a competitor. If you don't, you know, I remember there was one time where I said, you're either going to love me or hate me, but you're going to freaking watch me compete because you want to see something happen. You either want to see me get mauled or you either want to see me, you know, go out and beat someone. Um, so I, I love his attitude. And I'm going to be honest, I don't think they've, uh, either of them have really put me on blast yet. Uh, from what I've seen from Nikki is, He's been very respectful, almost just from the same way that I've looked at this is, you know, hey, if if this was a wrestling match, I'd probably go out there and beat him pretty easy. Um, and I'm jumping into his world in a full submission match. You know, that's that's a that's a big thing. And if Nikki were to come over and say, hey, let's wrestle, I want to wrestle, I'd be like, you got a lot of freaking balls to do that, man. That's that's re- respectful. Uh, you can't just lay on your back here and try and hurt me this time. Uh, so I, I, I think they have a lot of respect just from that angle. Uh, you know, of me jumping into this and asking at first for those, you know, uh, modifications and then saying, whatever, screw it. You know, if you, if you don't want to do it, we're just going to, you know, jump into this event. So it's, um, it's been good. The one thing I did see Gordon talk about was it's going to be the physicality is what's probably going to make the difference, uh, for me, you know, me being 29 and him being, I think 19 or somewhere in that age, yeah. you know, it's a man against a boy growing up right now. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely something to consider. I would just, uh, I think that's pretty great. Do you have plans to extend the invite to have him go to Flow Wrestling and, and do an event with you? I'm not wrestling. I'll find someone that wants to wrestle him. <laughs> uh, I'm done with the wrestling uh, competitiveness. Fair enough. All right. Well, I'm I got to wrestle our guys in the room enough, and those guys are freaking hammers. <laughs> I listen, dude, nobody understands retirement quite like I do. So, you know, I, I understand where you're at. Uh, I tell people, cause they always ask me, they're like, Hey man, why aren't you competing? And I was like, cause this is my competition. I do yeah. this. Like, I don't need a title. I've, I've lived that life. And when you do it for so long at a certain point, you go, I don't need another tournament this weekend. I like being able to show up at 12 PM, high five people be like, did you win? Yeah, did you lose? Yeah, you're fine. Shut up. We'll talk about it Monday. Like, it's it's now such a glorious place to be. So you you've earned it, man. You get to wear a polo now. You get a beautiful <laughs> sky behind you. You got a dad hat on. Listen, man, you've earned that sort of stuff. I just wondered if that was in the cards. So it sounds like you're gonna be uh, sticking around with us in jujitsu. And I want to say, as somebody who considers themselves a bit of an ambassador of the sport. Welcome. We we welcome you with open arms and we hope you really love it, dude. So have a blast, man. Um, Thank you. You know, just and again, I would watch some tapes of him with his back takes. I could give you some instructionals to maybe look at that would maybe help that. I just say, yep. Uh huh. Because uh, we we study a lot of tape and um, I think that would be uh, something to consider. But uh, I want to give you a, a chance to go and thank anybody you want to. Obviously, you got family members, but I want to thank uh, you to take the time to thank anybody you want to or give out any shout outs to any sponsors that you want to, sir. Yeah, really the biggest things for me. I just want to say thank you to uh, Tar Heel Wrestling Club, um, Elevate MMA, uh, Wrestle Like a Girl, Milwaukee Tools, uh, these these people that have been supporting me and wrestling in the community for a long time. And, you know, they're going to put them on my rash guard. So I'm excited to go out there and compete and have them alongside. Are you ready to have the rash guard? Is it going to feel weird not to have the singlet as opposed to the rash guard? I don't think so because we practice in a lot of that stuff on a daily basis. Um, Competitive-wise, it might be a little bit different, but uh, you know, I've been wearing it for 
you know, a month or so now training jiu-jitsu and it's, it's been nice. Good man. Cause I tell people anytime we, we like train with like a single in wrestling, I'm always like, I feel like I'm supposed to be better with this. Like, I feel <laughs> yeah. like I'm supposed to try harder wearing this and uh, I'll joke. Well, listen, uh, Tony, I don't want to keep it for too long. I'm going to close this up. But I'm going to say hi to you off air real quick, but okay. I want to thank you for your time. We're wishing you the best. Thank you so much for your time, sir. No problem. Thank you. And that'll do it for this episode. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. If you could do us a solid and go give us a, some support over on all of our major social media platforms, we're talking YouTube, Periscope, Facebook, um, Twitch, Twitter. Did I say that one? I don't know. Honestly, I just keep repeating them all the time. At Grappling Hour on all of those major platforms. And if you really want to do us a solid and give us a five-star review on our Apple podcast page or give us a subscription on our YouTube page. That means even more to us, but uh, we would truly love it if you continue to support us because we are trying to catch up on a lot of episodes that we have to put up. So if you uh, get inundated with a number of updates, I apologize in advance, but we want to make sure that those of you who just want to tune in to the audio accompaniments, you get your opportunity to do so. So consider this our way of saying thank you and you're welcome. And thank you in advance for going to get those five-star ratings, because that really helps us. That'll do it for us today. It's been a great day for grappling. We'll see you back on the mats. Eventually. <laughs>